Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Tonight, I'm joined with Katie Hopkins. She's an author, a paranormal investigator. Welcome, Katie. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you are so much fun to talk to about all the ghostly stuff you've seen. But I'm going to let you tell everyone else all the things you've seen because you guys go on quite a few investigations. Yeah. Oh, man. We've been on on so many. Um, you know, recently in our, our lives, within the past two years, they've slowed down a little bit with, you know, building our family and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, we've gone a lot of places. <laughs> and I think, didn't you go somewhere recently? Yeah, we did. We went to the Frank G. Ray House in Vinton, Iowa. Um, that's where we're from, is, is Iowa. Yeah, we went there just not this last weekend, but the weekend before, and a lot of fun, and it was really active. Oh, wow. Okay, you'll have to tell me all about that. What did you find? Um, well, we really got, we just had a ton of personal experiences where, um, you know, Josh, my husband, he got touched. <laughs> Funny, it actually, he got punched in the, the butt. Um <laughs> What? Really, really kind of funny. Um, and, and it was none of us. I mean, nobody was, was standing around him. And it was really interesting. It was just him and his brother up in one of the rooms. And his brother wasn't near him either. And, and I wouldn't expect his brother to do that to him. But, yeah, he was <laughs> he was standing there. And he said all of a sudden he just felt a really big pressure um, right on his on his hiney. And that was one of the, the first things that happened. And then another investigator that was with us that evening, uh, she ended up getting scratched, actually, in the same room um, that Josh got, got hit. So that room seemed to be fairly active and just a lot of different energies in that home. Yeah, I, I mean, it was really, really active within in personal experiences. We even caught some electronic voice phenomena. So, so some EVPs where we can hear voices through that machine, but can't necessarily hear them with our own ears. So yeah, it was proven to be a really active location. It was really a lot of fun. Yeah, okay, so you're in Iowa, and the name of your group is called Unknown Darkness. When they have these investigative teams come out, is that what you guys do? Somebody, you know, like a resident calls you or a business calls you when they're having issues? Yeah, we we definitely have done investigations like that where people have reached out to us because they've had some type of activity or, you know, something's happening and it's just not, you know, it's not normal. You know, maybe they heard things, seen things, uh, maybe they're just hearing noises throughout their house. So, you know, the first thing, a lot of the times you'll, you'll watch some of those shows and that's one of them, they used to just try to debunk everything. And we, we do that too. You know, we'll try to figure out the reason for it, if there's a logical explanation. And if there's not, then, you know, that's where our investigation comes in and we try to find um, if there's paranormal activity maybe causing what's going on. So, but a lot of the places we go to as well, you know, we seek out and ask if we can come and investigate. The the most recent location, the Ray House, they actually reached out to me a few years ago uh, to do a book event out there for Halloween. And at the time, I was pregnant with my son, and so I couldn't do it. I actually went into labor the night that they wanted me to do the event. Oh, nice uh, and convenient. Yes. Too close to the due date, so we couldn't do it then. But then we did one this last year, and it was really a lot of fun. So they, it was kind of a mix between, you know, they've reached out, we've reached out, but we go to a lot of places that, you know, we want to, to find out and see what we can find there. But also the history of places is really fascinating, and that's another reason why we go to some of these places. 
Oh yeah, I you know me. Um, I love the history. But have you ever gone to some of these places and you're just like, why did they even call us? Because I mean, we're not. You know what I mean? Because you you know because Hollywood and and TV, they all love to dramatize everything and make everything seem yeah. like everything's a ghost and everything's evil or whatever it is. And has that happened or have you been lucky enough to always catch something? Oh gosh, no, no, we've, we've never, I, I mean, there's, there's places where we just sat there and been like, Hmm, you know, we, we didn't get anything. We don't judge it because, you know, sometimes there, there are nights you don't get anything. We've been to some of the most haunted places in my opinion, the United States, and we've sat there in complete silence because nothing's going on. So, but yeah, I mean, we've had a few residential that have called us and, you know, I understand their fear and their, you know, worry. And then we find out, oh, well, it's just a leaky pipe or you know, things like that. But they don't know. So it's never gone in the back of my mind, like, why did you call us? It's just been more like, you know, I'm happy to to prove to you that you don't have to worry. It's not paranormal. Um, or if it is paranormal, you know, maybe try to find out if it's, you know, a, a positive ghost or, you know, one that's not going to scare your family every day. But yeah, none, none of them really have said, uh, or I've said, you know, why did we get this phone call? It's just more of what we can validate for you that it's paranormal or not. <laughs> right. And that's really what they need. I don't know if you're able to necessarily get rid of the ghosts or just confirm them. I don't know what you do for that. Yeah, I mean, really, we do more of the confirmation rather than get rid of. And that's just mainly because we don't have the tools or the knowledge even to to rid of ghosts. That's not within our expertise. You know, our expertise is going in and we can investigate and search and, and use our tools of knowledge that we have is, as paranormal investigators, whether it be validate or, you know, validate that there's something there or validate that there's something not there. But we don't do any types of cleansing or, or anything like that. If we do have something of that nature, we do have people that we do know that do that. And, and we'll give them a call and say, hey, can you help us out? Can you help this family out? And, and typically they're pretty open to do that. Right. And I was just going to ask you about that because I was like, well, maybe she knows someone who can come in, you know, a shaman or whoever you get or because I know you, your baby's not as young as he was, but you did meet your husband while doing paranormal investigations. Am I right? You are right. Yes, I did. <laughs> Tell me the story. I love love stories like this. This is so fun. A good love story. Yeah. So actually, Eight years ago on September 22nd um, will be when I met my, my husband. So he was a tour guide at one of the locations we were going to. And it was really funny because, you know, they things are meant to be, you know, and it's really interesting. Um, I wasn't even supposed to go to this location. I had a friend pass away the week before I actually went, and I really wasn't up for investigating, I guess. But the team that called me to go with them, you know, they really encouraged me to come and, and have a good time. And my family did the same. You know, they said, you, you just need to get your mind off things. And I ended up going and Josh was standing there at the door. And I was just, you know, at that point, I was like, oh, he's, he's cute. You know, this is going to be fun. I'm glad <laughs> I But, you know, it's, it's interesting how it how it works because I, it, it was meant to be a kind of fake kind of thing because I wasn't even really going to be there. And then I in, was encouraged to go and met Josh, investigated with him that night. And about, oh, maybe six months later, he messaged me on Facebook and asked me, um, he knew I, I had a, a degree in history and that I loved to research. So he reached out to see if I would help research another building that 
his uncle had acquired and I told him absolutely and I was like okay cool he's reaching out to me and that's right <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I ended up uh, helping him research this other location and things kind of fell apart with that team that I, I had gone to, to the location with and so Josh actually invited me to come and investigate uh, it was Edinburgh Manor he invited me to investigate out there with him whenever I wanted to and so things just you know, kind of blossomed from there we hung out all the time became best friends we, we really were friends for about a year and a half before we even started dating which was really you know nice because we got to have a friendship and then you know grow it into to something else and we've been married for three three and a half years almost well you know that's the way to do it girl be friends yeah. with them first you know <laughs> yeah flirt a little with them get some free investigation stuff going on no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> now exactly. You know, exactly. well i was thinking and we had talked before uh, about this now that you guys have a son and you guys go on these investigations i'm sure you look at an investigation a whole lot differently than you did when you didn't have a husband and you you didn't have a son and it was just you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even did when I was pregnant. I didn't do a lot of investigations when I was pregnant. There was one that I did because we it was an event that our team held. And, and I mean, rightfully so. We needed to be there and hold that event because people, you know, paid to come in and investigate with us and, and do all of that. So, But I, I protected myself. I didn't go to the areas where I felt, you know, there was a little bit of a maybe darker um, energy. I right. went to the lighter areas where in the past before that, I would have been running to those <laughs> other areas. And, and you know, I, I ground myself a lot more. You know, when I first started in the field and uh, really started to figure out what, I mean, how much empathic ability I had, really, I was very vulnerable, very open, and, you know, would I, I didn't get taken over, really, but the energies that we would be around really had an effect on me to where mm, uh, mm-hmm. their energy would collide with mine and wouldn't leave. And so with that, I mean, having a family now, definitely protect myself, ground myself, have have learned a lot about that and have, you know, stones, whether it be black tourmaline, whether it be, um, you know, onyx, something of the nature to help with energy to even things out. Um, going to my mentors like Vanessa Hogel, who I know you, you know, very well. Yeah, she's a good friend um, of mine. Yes. <laughs> she's wonderful. You know, going to her and asking her advice and, just making sure that, that we're safe. And even now, you know, when we go, we do the same thing, even though Weston's not in my, my belly anymore. We still have to come home and we don't want anything coming home with us. And Oh, I um, know, because I'd be so afraid yeah. of something following me. And then, you know, obviously you would never want that to happen. But I would have been afraid even probably before I even was married or had a kid. I'd be, you know, I think it's fun. And I would honestly love to go on an investigation. I mean, I really, truly would. But I have to tell you, I would be a little intimidated, maybe a little afraid. And, you know, and that just makes it worse because they can... They know when you're a little afraid or nervous or apprehensive, you know, so I wouldn't be the best candidate. I say that and I'd still love to go. Well, you're going to have to go sometime. Maybe the, you know, the Honda Road Media Paracon next year. Well, there's always an investigation. So Right. And for the listeners, Katie and I both have books with um, Haunted Road Media. Uh, Mike Ricksecker, um, he is the publisher and also an author as well. Um, Katie, tell me about the three books that you've written. I know you have the third book written with your husband, Josh, but tell us about the books. Yeah. So my first book is called Seeing Spirits, Opening the Empathic Door. Uh, this is really kind of the start of my, really my abilities 
to most recent kind of current events. I, I started out, my first, I guess, experience was really when I was around 10 years old. I saw the, I, I, what I thought at the time and still thought of when I started writing the book was I thought it was our neighbor who had just passed away sitting in this rocking chair and we were at our neighbor's house. Oh my goodness. And come, yeah. And come to find um, years later, I showed my mother the illustration that I had at Hillary draw for me for the book and she said Katie that does not look like the neighbor and I was like uh well this is the guy I saw and if you've seen Adam's illustrations I mean he down to the T knows how to do I mean everything oh okay it looks so realistic right and I was like well maybe it wasn't the neighbor maybe it was somebody else that I, I saw sitting there you know in that that rocking chair I just thought it was him because it was his house and he was in his rocking chair um right I would do so, yeah it's crazy. And so that really is where that book starts. And then it goes through the different traveling and things that I did around 2010, 2011, traveled to Europe. And I mean, the history over there is so rich and deep and goes so far back than, Mm -hmm. you know, even U.S. history does. And so that was really interesting. And I, I tried to kind of recap on that. And at that time, I wasn't really, you know, thinking of the paranormal, but then I read, you know, I look back and think, oh my gosh, you know, maybe this was paranormal or maybe this event that happened here, how do I explain that? And then it really dives into how I got started in the actual paranormal field, which was working at a Victorian home in Waterloo, Iowa for the Grout Museum District. And I would sit there eight hours a day by myself and hear footsteps upstairs, or I would hear somebody rustling around in the dining room, which was right off of my office area. Oh, and wow. <laughs> yeah. So many things happening. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I had a you know paranormal team come in and, and help with that. And that's really where I got my start. And then I just really go on and on about developing those empathic abilities throughout the last eight years mm-hmm. and how I've grown, you know, how they affect me. What do I see? What do I hear? And really encouraging people that maybe have these types of abilities to not hide them because it, I think it really helps you grow, one, if you want to be in the paranormal field, but two, even as a person. Um, and so it's really just a growth book for myself. Mm-hmm. And then my second book, which is Visions from the Afterlife, that one has really talked a lot more about my most recent visions that I've had kind of remote viewing as well. Oh, um, really? Okay. I've had a lot of that, but... I, I did, and I talk about it in this book, and um, how actually Vanessa helped with confirming a lot of that. Some more personal stories in there, talking about um, the death of my grandfather, and talking about the signs that we've had from him that we can, you know, really get closure from that, and and just the different signs that he shows us he's around and um, right, an eye and looking mm-hmm. for us, and and then yeah, and then I, I actually talk a lot more about the history of the paranormal in that book too. And then finally, yeah, Iowa Haunted Corridor, uh, which actually is a really, is a much different book than the books that that I've written before. And again, Josh did help co-author this one. And it is just about different haunted locations throughout the state of Iowa. um, Right. and, And in the corridor. But it focuses more on the corridor. So the corridor is a certain block of counties here, more in the central to eastern part of Iowa. And then I talk about some of the outskirts, which I thought had, you know, prominent locations that should be talked about. But uh, we really talk about, it, it dives a lot more deeper into the history of these locations or of these places. 
talked about uh, maybe some folklore or urban legends um, of the locations and maybe cleared some of those up <laughs> for some locations that, that you know, wait, oh, I hear about the woman in white over at the Granger house. Well, the woman in white was a mannequin in the middle um, of the window one night. <laughs> 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 like, oh, oh, girl, there's always a woman in white and there's always a woman yeah, in blue. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the Granger house is definitely haunted, but, but the woman in white is, is an urban legend. And then, you know, we, we talk about that, but then we also dive into real experiences that people have, whether it's we've had those experiences or it's people that work there or people who have maybe been residents of these places. Um, for example, Co College is one that's in there and, and it's Warhees Hall. And I talked to somebody who lived in that dorm um, and had experiences there. So it's, it's more than just our experiences, it's other people's experiences. And it's a really neat book, um, really good one for Halloween because it gives you places you can maybe go see. Um, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Be respectful um, if they're not open for tours or um, if they're not open to, you know, the paranormal stuff, you might want to steer clear and just be respectful. But yeah, they're fun books, especially if you like the, the paranormal and want to learn more about history. Yeah, exactly. I actually interviewed someone who is a haunted house creator, you know, the actual attraction of a haunted house, those kinds of places. Yeah. And they are still doing it this year, they think. And what, the, but what they're going to do is they're going to make, have you make an appointment so that they don't have long lines and everybody can come in that way and sell the tickets that way. Actually, it's, it's pretty smart to do it that way, especially yeah. with COVID and all the things. But, um, but I was going to go back to your books. In your books, do you write anything about or do you talk to the reader about, hey, this was the most crazy thing that happened to me or this is the most personal thing or this is the most scary thing? Do you have any of those experiences in the book or would you like to share them now? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely have those in probably every book. Um, oh, good. <laughs> Please tell us yeah. more. <laughs> um, the first one definitely is going to have the most experiences like that because it really taps on, again, the last eight years and, and beyond of what I've experienced in the field. Um, I mean, one of the biggest ones is at Edinburgh Manor. It was just Josh and I. Um, Josh and I would go to a lot of places, just he and I, just because we had the time. <laughs> and we, we would go. And But Edinburgh, clearly, we had a big part in. We went out there one night, and we went in, and everything was fine. And a lot of the times, we'd sit there and really just talk about non-paranormal things. We wouldn't even ask questions. We'd just sit there and talk. And we were walking into one of the rooms on the second floor, mm-hmm. and there was a block, this big wooden block holding open this door. And we'd never had issues with this door slamming shut, anything like that. I mean, it was pretty, pretty sturdy, you know, being held open. And we were walking to the room, and all of a sudden, the block flew across the floor, literally away from the door where it wouldn't have just pushed the block. It flew across um, the it, floor? It, it flew, flew out, yeah. What? Yeah, it flew out away from the door. The door slammed right in front of our faces. <laughs> Um, and we, at that, we were really jumpy that night. Um, we actually, yeah. ran the back. <laughs> we ran towards the back of the building to exit the building because there was a, a balcony out there that we could have gone down, getting to the door, realizing we don't have our keys. If we leave the building, we don't get back in and we don't go home. Um, oh, isn't it always that way? Oh, now we got to go back. <laughs> so we, we ran, we went back and we're like, okay, we caught our breath and we were getting ready to walk um, down the hallway. And right above us is, it was the attic. I mean, there's nothing up there besides insulation and a wooden beam that you have to walk on or you'll 
probably fall through the roof or through the ceiling. And so we were walking and all of a sudden, the only way I can describe it is that it sounded like there were elephants just parading across the attic. What? Yeah, it was just, it was insane. I mean, I don't think I'd ever experienced anything uh, even to this day. And if it's that loud, that would have scared the crap out of me, girl. I would have been. After that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that was just one place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anything else? Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, there's so many. And then the Buchanan County home is another one that Josh and I um, were very fortunate enough to have access to whenever we wanted. And we would go out there from time to time by our, you know, just together by ourselves. And that place is just drenched in negativity, malevolent, nasty energy. Really? Oh, well, I mean, is it it a feeling you get or is it because you know the history? Is it both? It's both. (laughs) Um, We know the history uh, and there was, it was an old poor farm. And back in the 1880s, the stewards of the poor farm, I mean, they were fired, let go from the board because of mistreatment of the residents. And And Katie, let's explain to everyone what a poor farm was back then. Can you tell everybody what that was? Yeah, so poor farm or or county home, it housed the the disabled, it housed the poor, uh, it housed the mentally insane. I mean, really, anybody who was not deemed severe enough to go be in a mental institution, if they were even around, or any type of infirmary or hospital, they would go to these poor farms. And basically what they would do is they would, if they were able-bodied, they would work to live there. So if they were poor, they would farm, do anything like that. And they were, they had freedom. I mean, there was a little difference there. They were able to, you know, go around, do whatever really they they pleased. But um, the ones who were able, because the majority of people that probably lived in these were the disabled, the the ones who couldn't do much for themselves. Right. they were disabled, didn't have families, and they couldn't care for themselves, so they lived here. But a lot were, you know, the mentally insane, but either there was no room at MHI, the Mental Health Institute, or they weren't severe enough to, to be in the Mental Health Institute. Actually, a lot of the records show a lot of people being transferred to MHI from the Buchanan County home just because their, their severity of their mental illness was too much. But do you think that the, it was so malevolent or, or didn't have a good feeling to it because of the bad conditions? What was your thought on that? You know, that's a question that I think to this day is still hard to answer. I think that a lot of it comes from the the bad history. I think the energy just never left. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think that things have been brought in from other uses of the building. Around 2012, there was a gentleman who, and he's not a gentleman, I guess, but there was a guy that purchased the building, and he he claimed himself a monk, but after finding things in this building, and actually the big thing is, is he had a lot of financial issues. The cops went in in the middle of the night one night to try and basically get him because he was going to be arrested, and he fled. Um, Oh, wow. To this day, I don't think has been arrested (laughs) But anyways, the things that we found in regards to what he had there, we're not so certain he wasn't just running a cult of some sort. Oh, Um, really? If it was really, truly a a monastery or a place for a monk, there wouldn't be records of women and children there. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There were records of women and children there. So, yeah. And so we're not so sure that what he was doing, running, didn't bring a lot of darkness in. 
because some of the things that Josh and I witnessed there, I mean, the the back of my first book has the illustration from Adam of what I saw in this building. And he is in no way, shape, or form a nice thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it's just, I mean, we've, we've driven, and this place, mind you, was 45 minutes from where we were living at the time. And we drove out one night, and this was after a lot of different things that happened the night before. And, you know, big black masses being seen, strange smells, things like that. And we went back the night um, after, and we're going to investigate again because we're like, man, we got a lot of activity. Wow. And we went back, and we stared at the building for about an hour, and we couldn't even walk in because of the energy that was coming off of this. Oh, my gosh. so dark. Really? Yeah. We sat in the car for an hour just to turn around and drive another 45 minutes back home. Yeah, it, it's that dark of a place. Wow. No, was it at night? Was it during the day? It was at night, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I'd rather do it during the day. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, we, we eventually, you know, did go back, but I don't ever think we went back, just him and I again. Gosh, that would just, it would fascinate me, but it would also scare the crap out of me, like I said. So, <laughs> but no, Katie, seriously, I probably could hear every story you tell because I love hearing all these stories, especially when they're spooky, spooky around Halloween. But um, I want you to tell everyone where they can get a hold of you, find you on your website, maybe buy a book or two, you know, let everybody know where to find you on social media, because I think a lot of people would love to know more about your stories. Yeah, I mean, really, you can find me on Facebook, just Katie Hopkins, or our Unknown Darkness page on Facebook, just Unknown Darkness 2013, you know, at the end of Facebook.com is, is where you can find that. Um, all of my books are on Amazon. You can just search them, um, you know, by the title or, or my name. Uh, and they should come up, or if you just type in paranormal Katie Hopkins, I'm sure they would all come up. I'm the only one so far that I've seen as far as a Katie Hopkins author within the paranormal. So yeah, that's where you can find those. The Encounters books are all in there too. Yeah, I mean, best place is really Facebook though. That's where I, I spend majority of of my time connecting with people. That's awesome. And girl, you have been fascinating. I loved hearing your stories. And like I said, we're all just going to have to buy the books if we want to hear more. Uh, maybe I'll just have you back. I don't know. Uh, but no, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been so much fun with you. It's been a blast, lovely. I appreciate it. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support, and I'll talk to you next week.